comedy. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, Laughter. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> Let, let's try not to get quite so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought this whole thing was always going to be like dick jokes. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, I literally started this podcast talking about my dick, and then like. You know, here we are. Here 20, we are. Twenty-four hours. We've later. defined feminism like five times. I know. <laughs> Only five. Welcome to Brose. You're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. Oh. Jesus. My name is Matt Casnell, and I am joined as I always am by my bros in Rosé. To my right, Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hey, guys. To my left, Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hello. Across from me, live and in person, Mr. Tim Hansen. I definitely don't like the way I look. <laughs> and sitting uh, also across from me, somebody who definitely doesn't look like the way he looks, uh, guest live from Westchester, Pennsylvania, Mr. Vince Guida. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely looks the way he looks. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah, right? an no. average horror that does not, uh, look, that does not look the way he looks. It. You're going to look the way you look. Uh, Suddenly, he's an elder one. Mel- melting down two episodes in. Uh, welcome to episode 9.2 of the Brose Podcast, available as always on... Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts. Uh, this is the second episode of round nine, meaning that we are on our second glass of rosé. And but we are, but we're going to spend this episode doing what we always do: answering questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And getting lit. Forty-two. Absolutely getting. We already lit. made that joke. No, <laughs> we've made that joke a bunch of times. It's yeah. never gonna. Not, no, not <laughs> never gonna not be a good joke. Uh, <laughs> never gonna be not relevant. But I'm never gonna stop saying it either because I, I really don't listen. We we as you as evidenced by episode nine dot one. The, the the breadth of subjects that we discuss here is so wide. It's hard for me to define the podcast any other way. <laughs> so it's it's got to be the life in the universe and everything because we there have been episodes where we we discussed uh, very deep social issues and the very next question would be like who's the best player in your fantasy football team? <laughs> um, or so, what's your weird music uh, fix? Yeah, 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 we had that one too. That was a good yeah. one. So again, all our episodes we're up to nine dot two now. So now this will be the twenty. Sixth episode? Wow. Yeah, so all of those are available on the podcast apps that I discussed before. Uh, before we discuss our wines, though, we have a sponsor. Uh, no, we don't have a sponsor. We do have a sponsor, but we're not going to talk about them until later. Uh, but we got a piece of fan mail, right, Rich? We, we got some fan mail. We actually have three things of fan mail. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I And it was delivered to my house. It wasn't even an email or anything. It's very awkward. I don't yeah. know Did how they owl? got it. Did an owl uh, deliver it? No, no. It was, it, it was like unmarked... Like, no return address, too. It's weird. So, uh, but I figured I'd read them because fans emailing us, or mailing us, like, they, they want to get on the, onto the show. So, here's the first one. It's, uh, well, this is quite an honor. I've been such a long journey. I've led a great life. Since passing of my wife, I had not had a lot of joy. Some kid broke in my house, attacked me, killed Daisy, and stole my car. Since then, my life has been one bullet at a time, and as I've been hiding since I had been excommunicated from the Continental. Brings me joy being named Best Action Hero. I really wanted to come collect the award in person. However, with the bounty currently on my head, you wouldn't be safe. I am settled for now, and I'll find a place uh, for the drop. Uh, time is running short. I'll be on the move again, so you'll need need to be there before, or be there at the time I say, sometime before May 17th. My sources say that's when shit will hit the fan. 
At that time, I'll have everyone in the organization at my doorstep, metaphorically. Uh, my only hope is that uh, this isn't my final chapter. You could call it the John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Sign John Wick. Um, I don't know why he wrote that last part. That's why he signed it twice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the next one is, uh, hello. I've been receiving a number of texts and emails about your show. I was informed that there was a contest between best between action heroes, and I was not even brought up into the running. I don't know who you are. I don't understand what you do. If you're looking for a bribe, I can tell you I don't have the money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills, and I've acquired over a long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for bad people, like that John Wick. If you bring back the competition and put me in it, that'll be that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. However, if you don't, I will look for you, I will find you, and I will make my case to be the best action hero. Brian Mills. Brian Mills? Brian Mills. <laughs> Is that actually his name? Yes. Yeah. Honestly, I've always... It's, like, it's Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't care what you're... It's Liam Neeson. It's Liam Neeson. straight up Liam Neeson. And we've got one more. Oh, it's, wow. Okay. Yeah. A hefty mailbag week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what? John Bourne. Jason Bourne. John Bourne. Just, John just Bourne. what? 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 <laughs> Jason Bourne. John Bourne. Oh, he blacked geez. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's what, John? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of heavy response to the action hero uh, debate that we had a couple episodes ago. Yeah. In, in which my, my pick, Jason Bourne, was uh, very incorrectly dubbed the loser of that. that <laughs> I mean, honestly, he was yeah. undervalued, but I'm, I, I think I made the right <laughs> we, Listen, we, we, look, we, we left it to the fans, and the fans voted for Jason or for John Wick. Oh, my God, what is with me right <laughs> now? Oh, man, Jason <laughs> Wick is John Wick. Less Bourne. than a half. Jeez. <laughs> As someone who was not present for that discussion, yes. John Wick is definitely better than Jason Bourne. God, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> I didn't you're just wrong. We, I thought we had a quote on the number of wrong people we have on this podcast. <laughs> so Keanu Reeves actually took several like gunshots. I don't care about Keanu Reeves. I want John Wick and Jason Bourne. <laughs> he he looked the part because he actually knew how to shoot a gun. And you're saying Matt Damon doesn't know how to shoot a gun? Did he go through hours and days of training? I don't know. Yes, he did. Okay, well, you don't know. John, Jason Bourne. I don't want to relitigate this again, but I'm going to. <laughs> Jason Bourne is a federal has, asset. has literally forgotten more about combat than John Wick has ever known. His upside is tremendous. He forgot 90% of his life, and he's still kicking ass and taking names. His upside is incredible. And then when someone asks, what is he doing? He's like, I don't know. Here I go. Kill him again. Since we have a... Oh, boy. Here I go. Kill him again. What are you doing? What? Matt, that is a very fair point. Yeah. I will respectfully disagree with the end argument. <laughs> well, thank you for, to John to, to Jason Wick, John Bourne, and, uh, every, Liam, Neeson. and Liam Neeson for sending in questions, uh, sending in uh, feedback on our, our competition. I got massively distracted by the Jamaican milking a giraffe for Skittles. <laughs> we, have, we have the TV on. Uh, the TV is showing the Sixers-Bucks game, but I think we're at a commercial, hence the uh, the... the Whatever Tim was described, the Jamaican milking a giraffe. He's milking a giraffe it's just, it's and a it's just a commercial. bucket full of Skittles. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's a Skittles commercial. Yeah. All right. Before we before we discuss Dude, the giraffe any longer, uh, I think it is an appropriate time for us to discuss the wine that we brought. And I'm going to go first this time because I brought in a Barossa Grenache Rosé Loose End. Uh, this was on the suggestion of the quiz that we took on in episode 8.2. Uh, suggesting what are the flavor, what type of rosés we would enjoy the most, and uh, it was determined that I would like a a, a richer rosé with maybe a hint of of fruitiness to it. So um, Grenache seems to be the 
the the one consistent factor. If you ask me what Grenache is, I won't answer you because <laughs> I, I thought it was a grape. I don't think it's a grape, uh, but it is a consistent factor in uh, darker, richer rosés, and uh, I do like this one a lot. It is it? I still put it a little bit under the the Matua, some of the Pinot Noir rosés that I've had in the past, but it is is quite good, and I would highly recommend it to anybody who's a red wine drinker trying to get into rosé. Um, Rich, how would you like to describe your wine? I am, uh, there's a bottle. I am drinking, uh, Nectar. Uh, it's a sweet rosé. It has a, it's, uh, has a, um, a bee on it. It's, it's a very nice rosé. It's very delicious. The back of it says the, uh, tasting notes. Enjoy this easy to drink rosé with fruit, french fries, or friends. Why uh, French fries? <laughs> I have no idea. You brought this up before the show. I'm like, what? I've never heard that <laughs> food mixed in with any kind of rosé. It must go good with potatoes. I, May, yeah, maybe. I, mean, I love that that's what you keyed in on because the rest of that conversation before this was Richie trying to figure out which friend he could eat. <laughs> Wait. Because I missed that? that? It goes it, great with friends. And it, I was just like, I mean, honestly, I'm going to be the most delicious. Well... Yeah, and Delicious. Just make you, sure you enjoy it. I've got mm. more meat. I'm tender. You want fried or broiled? Fat, Hansen? not meat. Never mind. <laughs> you're, you're a bit fatty, Tim. Jeez. Yeah, that's Ooh, the delicious yikes. part. We'll have to trim that up a bit. Uh, Sean, uh, what kind of rosé are you drinking today? Uh, I am drinking... I was going to say, uh, Grenache is a type of grape. It's oh, it is? Okay, it's nailed one it. of the most common uh, red grapes. I looked it up on my phone. I don't know that offhand. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my uh, thunder. I'm drinking The Palm... By Whispering Angel, uh, okay. wine of Provence, uh, it's 2018, and it is good. Uh, it's I don't know above average. Most of my wines are they're fine. Yeah, like I would dr- I would drink them again. It's no Josh. It's no Nicholas. It's no Justin. <laughs> but it's very good. Yeah. Uh, Vince, what are you drinking today? I am drinking from Chad's Ford Winery mm. in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania. Yes, um, local boy. Their Sunset Blush, uh, which. Is the refresh- refreshingly delicately sweet rosé with a fruit cup nose of grapefruit, peaches, and strawberries. Get out. Mm. All right. You can and definitely taste the peaches. I was very surprised by it at first, but it's good. No, yeah, that song stuck in my head. Peelings of peaches, peaches for me. <laughs> uh, Tim, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Mediterranean Soul. It's a 2014 rosé. And, uh,. Before Sean brought up that Grenache were grapes, I was going to respond with the tasting notes on mine. Oh, that might says, be. Might be. <laughs> ruin everything. <laughs> Stepping all over his thing. And it says uh, that it's made from Pinot Noir and Grenache grapes via the Sang. Understood. Okay. Via the Sangni method. It's Sanye. So that, is that I, it's there's like, no accent. So I was like, yeah, is it me? I think, or? I think that's what it is, and I I believe it's about leaving the red like the red uh skins in okay and so it kind of like bleeds into it and that's what gives it the color i, I think know. i might be wrong i, I was looking for remember. that little e except yeah, yeah, yeah. on the end there's for... no accent because there's two e's Ooh, okay i don't understand the <laughs> languages french french yeah. 201 baby <laughs> yeah but I, I thought that still meant e no it's if there's two e's together it's pronounced differently than just e we save it for the French podcast. Um, <laughs> French Zen. My four years of French have failed me. So, uh, Rich and Tim, I think you're handling envelope number two this uh, time. Right? Yes, we have uh, two envelopes with. Uh, they two only have one. Or no, yeah, we have one envelope. <laughs> yeah. Man, I am bad. Should today. I do the words? Two shamrocks. <laughs> two shamrocks. Yeah. 
There are two shamrocks as we are recording on St. Patty's Day. And if people wanted to submit questions to envelope one, two, or three, where could they send those questions? Uh, brose questions at gmail.com. Brose questions at gmail.com. I'm sorry, brose. was that brose questions at gmail.com? It was, in fact, brose questions at gmail.com. Indeed, brose questions at gmail.com. Vince, your thoughts? Brose questions at gmail.com. Uh, what is there we go see damn professional over there uh what is the first question in envelope number two go ahead tim pick uh, i'm gonna go with this monster oh boy at least they're not all gigantic questions except for the one you pulled <laughs> he pulled the six line one. Oh my jesus all right here we go um this is from the lovely listener kyle b which i believe is kyle bivens could be kyle B. yeah i think it might be kyle bivens yeah. the, the one and only yeah Says, hi, bros. Long time listener, first time call. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for this intro for so long. Why did it take 26 episodes yeah. for this to happen? He's going to hang up and listen, guys. <laughs> it, it, it's great. Um, in just a scant few months, I'll be attending a concert for one of my favorite bands with some of my favorite people. I wonder who that could be. Admittedly, I'm not as familiar with the concert's co-touring acts. However, I look at such things as opportunities to expand my musical sensibilities. As I can barely contain my excitement for what is sure to be a most splendiferous b- b- Bacchanal. I have no idea. Bacchanal. 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 <laughs> See, I've heard Bacchanalian, but I didn't know how to say just uh, the, You got uh, it, though. First try. Nailed it. Uh, I feel compelled to ask, have any of you attended concerts with little to no knowledge of one or more of its acts, only to leave as a new convert in the church of its fandom? Yes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. I Absolutely. I do this all the time. Okay. Like, I tend to go to a lot of concerts... That I have no idea who they were, because you guys will just ask me, like, you guys want, you want to go here? You want to go there? And I can't say no, because of FOMO. So I just, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. That's the fear of missing out for those, uh, uninitiated. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go. And then the day of the concert, I'm like, wait, who am I seeing? Hmm. Setlist.com. What are they playing? Let's listen to that, so at least I Great know. Great website, setlist.com. Yeah, yeah it's it. amazing. And yeah, I've, I've done it. Uh, who was it that me and you went and saw a few years back? We went and called a <clears throat> Swedish band called The Sounds. That's it, yeah. Ooh. Who I barely knew of. Um, they were an opening act for the opening act at a No Doubt concert. And they had one popular song that was like on a commercial at the time. Mm. It was a good song. And I was like, oh, this is a cool band when... It was No Doubt and Paramore. So when they came on... Very on-brand show for you, by the oh, way. Oh, absolutely. It's definitely you. <clears throat> um, concert was amazing, by the way. But we went, and the sounds came on. And I was like, this is awesome, because it's like a 2000s version of Garbage. Like, the lead singer is a female, and she was just like Shirley Manson. Um, so when I saw that they were coming to Philly for their own show, I asked Rich to come with me, and it was a great show. It was. It was a great show, except the millennials that were there to see them don't oh, understand an encore. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, but that's a different story. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah. so you didn't know this band, the, I, the yeah, sounds. I never knew this band, and I was like, hmm, you know what? Let me check them out, because I want to be able to sing along at least. Was the girl from the sounds in that song, Snakes on a Plane? Oh, no. the the cover Starship song. Yeah, um, I don't. I I honestly maybe? have no idea. Okay, yeah, I will check that out on my own time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I didn't know who they were. I haven't. I had never listened to them before. So the day of, I listened to just their set list for the that tour, and yeah, it was a very good show. It was a very fun show, and it was that uh, Union Transfer first time ever being at that uh, venue, which is a really nice venue as well. Yeah. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and I love doing that. Like, 
even with Firefly, we've been to Firefly so many times. I go there blind for all like the unknown acts, and I'm sure. like, let's just see what happens. The first concert I went to at the Electric Factory was a show headlined by Mastodon. Incidentally, uh, the concert that Kyle Bivens is referring to is a Coed and Cambria Mastodon show, and the band he doesn't know about is Mastodon, um, based on the way he's describing it, because Kyle is a big Coed and Cambria fan. But the first show I went to at the Electric Factory was Mastodon headlining, and they had three openers, and the, the third opener was Against Me. Which is Ooh. a real, first of all, very weird match uh, <laughs> against me and then Mastodon. Um, but I, I had heard of Against Me, but never really listened to them. And they put on a great show. So I, I definitely got into their music. My brother definitely got into their music based on that performance. Because they, they played, I mean, they, they only played for like an hour. But I think they played like 20 songs or something. Like they they, they floored their yeah, they, set. They did like machine gun through their set. It's just like boom, boom. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. it's like the classic punk. It's a very p- classic punk aesthetic where you're just like blasting through this music. And uh, the the interesting, the, the, the most interesting anecdote I've got from that show was um, it was there. It was me, my brother, and uh, Tim's old friend John Frankman actually were there. Um, and throwback. He was a big Mastodon mm-hmm. fan. So that was the first mosh pit I've been in. And in the Against Me mosh pit, Against Me brings a very wide variety of fans. So you had like all different ages, all, you know, every, you know, men, women, everything like that, all in the pit, you know, going at it. And then Against Me goes off and they're setting up Mastodon. And I go, uh, what? Where are all the women going? It was just all dudes. It was just uh, the only fit, the only people left for the Mastodon show were 40 year old dudes in plaid vests, just with these. All they did to go to the gym was do upper body. Like they didn't, like, it was just all upper body, and then so, legs. so the mosh pit was much smaller, Matt. but it was much more violent. <laughs> Matt, that should have been your first sign. Well, let's <laughs> you're about <laughs> to die. Mastodon put on a great show, but 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 against me, that that was the the exposure was like they were they were a great opening act, and I ended up becoming a big fan of theirs as a result. On 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 that note, my friends went and saw. Um, uh, what is the name of the band? You know. Continue. I need to remember the name of this band first. <laughs> uh, Sean, do you have any experience with? Uh... Um, yeah, I think I think most of the time, what happens is you go to a like a you go to see a show with a band that you like, and then their opener will be like, "Oh, that's dope." So like, I saw Motion City Soundtrack once, and their opener was "Set Your Goals," which is oh, they're good. Which is they have one of the best live shows I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and I had never heard of them before. And then like that made me a fan of them. And I think that's like what a really good opener will do is like they know they got something to prove. They're starting from zero. You really have to win some people over. Yeah. But they were dope. I saw Against Me in a similar situation where it was like a Radio 104.5 show where it was Against Me, Metric, and Silver Sun Pickups. Oh, wow. And I was, and I had known of, of Against Me, but then you like, we see them, and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I got it. Now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. They're like, they're like a punk Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, do you have any experience uh, finding a new band live? A hundred, not going to say it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of experience. I didn't want to say 100%, but I have to now. 100%. 100%. And honestly, it's my favorite way to discover uh, a new band. Okay. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if a band can't perform live, to me, they're not a good band. 100%. Yeah. So, totally agree. So I try, normally I'll go to a show and I'll know the headliner and that's why I'm going. But I'll, I'll maybe listen to like 30 seconds, a minute of the rest of the group, one song each, just to get a sense of, oh, this is kind of their wheelhouse. But I won't I won't hit setlist.com to see all them, uh, listen to all of it, because I want to see, you need to prove to me that you are worthwhile. Sure. Hollywood Undead, 
Ah, uh, yeah. Fucking killed it opening for Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, Seven Dust, who I thought I was going to love, I don't. Like Seven Dust, they, I hear Seven Dust on the radio a lot, and I, I'm... I don't get it. I, yeah, I don't I, get I it. I also that. don't get it. And, and everyone's like, oh my god, you're going to love Seven Dust. I'm like, eh, no. I, I strongly dislike it. They're, they're fine. New Medicine, who was a no-name band that I've seen like five times opening for other groups. And like, they, they kill it every single time. And they've got that like pop punk feel to them. But, and then he'll just go in and he's got this one song that's about his sister who died when she was a little, uh, real young. And it's just called Little Sister, and no. it is one of the most heartfelt songs I've ever heard. It's like in the middle of this like raging concert mm. set list. It's like, no, let's bring it down, do this really sweet song, and it still fits. Mm. So then, pretty much any show I've gone to, you mm. kind of like Rich said, uh, you, you'll be like, hey, you want to go to the show? I'm like, ah, fuck it, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen. Um, why can I not remember? Is it Alter Bridge. No. Well, I had never seen them either, okay. but I at least had heard them. Oh, Trivium. Trivium. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, not even Trivium. Oh, no, okay. Before Trivium. Send uh, in the anesthetists. Oh, uh, Ender Shikari. Yeah. I'd, you made me the CD. I maybe listened to it once, but that show was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. The best part of this was, so, Ender Shikari is a hardcore <laughs> band from England, and there's a song they have called The Stabilize, and Tim, before the show, I was, I was trying to take a straw poll of when I was not if, but when I was going to put Tim up to do crowd surfing. And, uh, Tim said, well, only when they play to stabilize and their second song was to stabilize. <laughs> and, and, and I by Tim, <laughs> but it didn't last long because we were on the edge of the mosh pit. So somebody just like, I rode the edge for like four people and then they just dropped me. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be careful. <laughs> but it was fine. It was, it was a phenomenal show and he just works the crowd so well. They are so awesome. I, the interaction between the artists and the crowd, I think, speaks volumes of that person and their musicality and all that. So, like, if a band is just, we're going to play up on stage, but we're not going to interact with you, fuck you. Yeah. That's no fun. Vince, who, who, do you have any experience with this? Uh, well, so the sounds was probably the biggest thing. Um, I've gone to a lot of shows with Becky about with more lesser-known bands, and their opening acts are actually pretty good. Uh, you've probably never heard of them. Like, we went to see... Okay. Those are the bands they're into. Leave but, I, but I'm actually serious. Like, we went to see Alan Stone. You probably oh, don't know who Oh, wait, no, he's one of the Rolling Stones, right? And then his opener was Bernhoff, and he was actually really cool, because what he does is he has a loop-like effects pedal, I know he, that one. He does <laughs> all. He does all his music by himself, and it was actually really cool to see him live. And mm. we both like liked him. Like Becky listened to a couple of songs before he went. We went to the show, and when, when we saw him live, I was just like, "This guy's awesome." Like Robert DeLong? Um at Firefly. You mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't really a huge fan of Robert DeLong. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Thanks. Okay. Well, Kyle Williams does sort of the same thing. Like, does a ton of loops and like sort of builds a yeah, soundscape but, with. Kind of, kind of piggy, piggybacking off of what Tim said, as far as live bands or bands being live and sounding good. I went to see Muse. Like when Muse went on, they were phenomenal, but they like didn't interact with the audience at all. I don't know if it's because the end of their tour or whatever it was, but um, Cage the Elephant opened before them. Oh man! And I'm I liked Cage the Elephant before that, but when they came on, that it was just. It was so awesome. Their to live see show them is live. wild. Their their live show is amazing, and I just wanted to sit there and just like continue to watch them live for like another three hours. Like that's how great it was. <clears throat> so 
it made me even more of a fan of them than I was previously. So, yeah. you know, it's... There's, I have one example of a band where I kind of like them going in and then seeing their live show maybe like them less. Um, and it wasn't because their music sounded bad, because they just acted like pricks the whole time. And it was the Ataris. Um, so... <laughs> I went and saw the Ataris with Yellow Card. And to be fair, it was at, it was at like a state fair in Southern Delaware. Um, but Yellow Card, this is, they were off of coming off of Lights and Sounds. So they were still like pretty big name at the time. Um, they're playing this county fair and, uh, the Ataris opened for them. And first of all, they're, 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 their band had ballooned to about eight members at this point. <laughs> uh, and, and second of all, they, they, the, the crowd was chanting, the crowd was chanting for them to play Boys of Summer. Their, their, their cover of, um, who's the guy from the Eagles who did that song? Don Henley. Don Henley, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so they covered Boys of Summer. It's their biggest hit and they refused to play it. And, um, and like <laughs> fans would chant for it. And I get that that's kind of a pain in the ass, but he was also being like, no comprende, like being like a, he was basically, yeah, they didn't want to be there. <laughs> and I get it, but man, you're, you're getting paid for this. Like people pay to go see you and, yeah, man. I think they played one song that I recognize, and that I was like, "Boy, I'm out on the Ataris from now." You know, on. you know the opposite of that. <laughs> Joe, when we saw Joan Jett, and we saw at a Baltimore, yes, uh, it was like a ball, some Baltimore festival, yeah, Shindig in Baltimore. Joan Jett is like, I don't know, a million years old. Fucking crushed. That's somebody when we answered our question about like uh, idols who are women uh, yeah, in the last Joan episode. Jett. She crushed it. She, she was, was awesome. And then like, she, uh, real quick. Um, who was the, the, the fucking... Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, Dropkick Murphys started playing, and she was like, fuck you, I'm gonna keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Five more songs. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, Dropkick Murphys just started like, Boston! (laughs) (laughs) I saw, I saw her at the, um, sorry, (laughs) Vince. Um, I saw her at the Foo Fighters, uh, anniversary tour, or anniversary show in D.C. I think she was one of the openers. The... One of the greatest shows I've ever yeah. seen. She's great. Yeah, she it's amazing. Hit, hit all those notes. Yeah. It's dope as yeah. yeah. Vince, I'm sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Anyway, um, we're actually out of time. We're on to the next so, question. <laughs> no, so Joan Jett is amazing, and it's awesome that she can still kick it. But honestly, it's also not that surprising to me because she's Joan fucking Jett. Yeah. yeah. Like, Amen to that. Honestly, she's, <laughs> she's, she's like, like immortal. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is one of those things, like, she found her range as a singer and just stuck with it. Like, she didn't try to stretch it too far or anything like that. Like, that's why she can still sing freaking I Love Rock and Roll and you, not You Give Love a Bad Name, that's Bon Jovi. Uh, I Hate Myself for Loving You. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the, the one they use for Sunday Night Football. Crimson and Clover. Yes. All Mm. of them. Fucking dope. Yes. That was maybe this, like, in terms of surprise, like, cause it's like, I know Joan, obviously you know Joan Jett, and then you watch her live and it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. (laughs) If I, I can, Aspire to be that. One. <laughs> so uh, I was gonna say, I, I, I remember the name of the band from the story I was gonna tell, and right. this goes with the opposite, kind of, kind of going negative as to going into a show not knowing the bands. My friends went to a, I believe it was a Red Jumpsuit Apparatus show to see the opener, Boys Night Out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the Trocadero in Philly, and they go to see just Boys Night Out. They don't care about Red Jumpsuit, and as soon as Boys Night Out is over. They leave. They go to the Wawa across the street, and then they head home. While they're at the Wawa, there's a group of girls that are like, Oh my god, Red Jumpsuit was so great! It was amazing! <laughs> and they look at her like, they didn't play. That was that was the boys' night out. Oh, man. <laughs> like, and oh. when you leave the show, you can't get back in. Nope. Yeah. They went to go see Red Jumpsuit, 
and completely missed it. <laughs> that's that's on them. Like, what? Yeah. What? How do you not know? Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know any of these songs, but it's gotta be them. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's, it's a teenage thing. Like, we left early. Uh, my, my wife and I went to see Glassjaw, and they were opening for The Use. I, think, I was talking with Sean about this last night. They were opening for The Use, and we left after uh, Glassjaw, and as we were leaving, there was, like, a couple of, of, of young women who came in. They were like, boo, why are you leaving? I'm like, because The Used is next. I went and saw uh, Dragon Force with Killswitch engaged. Ooh. We left after Dragon Force and Killswitch was the headliner. Why would you do that? Yeah, well, on, it was, what the fuck? Well, you're uh, I, I can see it. The, the reasoning, though, is this was pre-having my there ankle surgery. And at yeah. one point, the entire crowd fell on my ankles. Oh, okay. And Fuck so, at the end of... <laughs> yeah, that's what the crowd thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no gotcha, way to bitch. follow Dragon Force at that point. Okay. Like, they couldn't follow right. Dragon Force. All right. yeah. I love Killswitch, Agreed. but they just couldn't follow Dragon Force. <laughs> I understood. <laughs> we need to move on. Yeah, this is uh, 25 minutes on that question. Going, we could just keep going to music. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Uh, what is the next question, Rich? All right, the next question, pretty easy. Do you squash bugs or catch them and release them? I don't give a fuck. I typically squash them because I'm a, a monster. Uh, it's just easier for me. Like if, if they're touching me, I will squash them. But yeah. if they're not, I will catch and release. Mm. If they're touching me because I have that panic response, I'm like, you know, <laughs> you could no, be poisoned. No, no, totally. If a bug is touching me, it's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's choice over, man. You've you've made your choice. I just try to see how far I can flick it, and if it lives, cool. If it dies, just a spore. Yeah, but if it's if it's not touching me, I gen I generally don't care. But if anything, Martha will be like, ah, spider! And freak the F out. And then it's like, alright, well, I guess I'll catch and release it. Because if I kill it, which would make my life so much easier, you're just going to be like, why'd you kill it? Yeah. Because you were freaking out. That's why. Yeah. No! Yeah, yeah I. it depends on the bug for me. Like, stink bugs and, and uh, uh, water bugs squish and kill right away. Because stink bugs are invasive and water bugs are just pests. Yeah. Uh, but spiders and things like that, I'll try to actually release them because they're helpful to the, the world. I also get uh, elder box elder bugs that I get them in such an influx that I'm just like, no, kill them all. Like I one day killed like twenty in 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 like the span of an hour. This 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 idea of like the the shift to we're we're gonna take care of bugs, we're gonna be nice to bugs and everything like that is sort of like a I think a, a gross extension of like being kind to animals and like the PETA movement, which is like, listen, I'm all, all for being, you know, beneficial to animals, I'm all for treating animals well. But like this whole idea like, oh my god, it's a living thing, like, alright. It's not going to the voting booth. Like it's a bug. Like it's, it's just a bug. Like it's 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 literally. Oh, you're not any like. Oh, were you saying you're better than the animals? Like in this instance, yes, I'm much better than the animals. I can drive a car. By orders of magnitude. Yeah, by by, by, by significant. Like every order time you magnitude. see that that billboard, that's like. Here are all these animals. It's like, where do you draw the line? It's like right here between the yeah. pig and the dog. Yeah. Every, every, <laughs> yeah. All of these things. Here's the line. You're cool. <laughs> well, like, the fact that a praying, a female praying mantis will fucking eat a male praying mantis after they have sex. Nom, it's nom, like, nom. I don't want to hear any argument about how we have to be nice to all living. Yeah, doesn't no. the Black Widow does do something similar? <clears> as I think well? so. I believe also, so. That's yeah. why it's but called it's the Black just, Widow. It's. It's animal nature to kill things. Well, I think it's. Like, I think if you're if you're if the if you're coming from the the place of like, we live in a very delicate ecosystem, so just like let it go. 
Sure, I think yeah, that's fine. No, but if you're saying like fucking respect bugs, honestly, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and that, yeah, like, which is why I like I'll move them because I'm like, okay, a spider has a purpose. I don't like flies, yeah. so you yeah. like lesser of two evils. Get the spider out of my fucking house. Right. But like, if you're saying like, oh, the spider's gonna feel bad. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah the emotions no, of the spider. Yeah. For me, it's mostly like if it's not in my house and it's like I always get a orb weaver spider every year outside of my house makes a giant. Web. I'm like, you know what? He's not bothering me, <laughs> and he's catching all the flies. Yeah. I'll let him out. Her out there, actually. It's a female because it's yeah. laying millions of eggs. <laughs> um, but these stupid box elder bugs that I get infesting my house every year, they're they're pests, and I just don't want them. Yeah. So I kill them because they're they're in they're such great amounts. Same stink bugs are just invasive in the area in general, so they need to die. Yeah. So. So, side note, Becky makes me kill any bug that's in the apartment. Becky like, is your wife. Like, on site, yes. The listeners wife, don't know Becky. Yeah. They wife, know Decky. <laughs> <laughs> I have Norsha. She sees something, she's like, ew! And I have to go kill it. Um, yeah. If, if I happen, Becky, don't don't listen to this next point. If I happen to see a Don't worry, spider, she's definitely not listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I happen to see a spider in the apartment, I'm like, eh, it's not really doing anything. Spiders yeah. are good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like spiders I will leave because it's kind of a lesser of two evils. It's like, do I want flies or spiders? Or like, yeah. like, like well, a bunch of flies or one spider? Flies or like any other like yeah, little, mosquitoes. Like, tiny like yeah. insects. It's like spiders do a lot of good. Yeah, yeah. they're utilitarian bug. Do you have uh, lantern flies in your area? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, they're, they're I, not, I'm not sure how far out they've gone. They're not much out in Westchester. Okay, uh, out by me and Vince. They're more so uh, when you get to the more I can't think of the right word. I don't know what you're talking about, so don't look at me. <laughs> I know. We're like suburb, past suburb. Country? I know they're like oh, near God, Pottstown and stuff. Not even like country, but it's... it Get rural. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. You get towards the more like rural area. Fuck you, man. It's a country! I don't, I don't know where... It's the same thing! Look, I had the word Jason Bourne written in front of me. I said John Bourne. So he's yeah. allowed to say that. Listen, so, as many uh, times I fuck up on this show, I can't be judging anybody. <laughs> So when you get to the more rural areas around us, there are a lot more. Okay. Like out towards Lancaster Gap, Glenmore is still even closer to home, but yeah. they've got them too. You but definitely got to kill those. Yeah. Oh, they're an invasive species. There's a distinct difference between like I'm killing this because it's an invasive species, and this is absolute garbage for the environment for our ecosystem. Mm. And I'm killing it because it's icky. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be icky about it. Uh, what is the next question? Uh, unless you guys have any other bug bug thoughts, uh, bug takes. Buzz, 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 buzz. bug, buzz. All right, so we got another one from John Tur- Tursic. Oh, Tursic. Man. like it's like Tursich. Itch. Got it. <laughs> just, to, just get out ahead of this one. I don't know anything about the Trans-Pacific Partnership. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to give a cogent opinion on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is much better. Oh, man. If we had a zombie survival guide, zombie breakout, where in New Jersey would you stake your defense? I got this. Don't worry, guys. We're, all right. going, we're going to my grandfather's 12 acres up in Pennington. Okay. Uh, he's got tons of land. He's got a big house. It's on an apple orchard. Like, we are set up there. Mm. We just need to get the weapons and get up there. The Delaware River. Like, in it? No. On it, on a boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's what I meant. I didn't mean like that's supposed to go submarine. Unless there's a giant lake in South Jersey that I'm un- unaware of, but I live in PA. So yeah, the Atlantic Ocean, probably. <laughs> Best place during a zombie apocalypse is on water because they can't tread water. So get on a boat, go out to a sea. Uh, they can't tread water, but eventually they will float. 
Yeah, but the current they, will take them from they, enough yeah, away. That they, they're still alive, even if they're in water. That also, doesn't mean they still retain enough uh, intelligence to be able to swim functionally towards the target. And even if they did hit the boat, it's like you just take a long stick and like push them away. I would I hope if enough of them got there, you're <laughs> fucked anyway. Well, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, you're, you're fucked We're going to build a body bridge. You're not that smart. Protect it. <laughs> well, this is... Sorry. This is Zombie Survival Guide Zombies. What the fuck where does that mean? In that movie, and, and in the book, in that movie, they were smart enough to know in order to climb a giant wall to just sacrifice as many zombies as they could to be able to climb up the wall to attack a city. So by that yeah. same logic, they would know how to surround an apple orchard and then yeah. slowly yeah. kill everything. I mean, it's a lot of like tactical <laughs> planning from <laughs> zombies. <laughs> I don't know if they'd be smart enough for that, learn. but they definitely build like a body dam to get oh, across of course, the river. <laughs> zombie survival guide zombies are like more no, on that's par you, towards like rage zombies World from like twenty eight day later. That that is World War Z, isn't it? I never actually saw it. But yeah. it's that zombies from Robert Goddard and World War Z are written from the same person. Okay, okay, okay. That's yeah, so uh, Mel Brooks's son. Um Max Brooks. Max Brooks. Yes. So obviously World War Z zombies wouldn't apply to my theory because they would just <laughs> it's like the, fucking it's the, do whatever uh, they want. Same universe. To, yeah. But just go out to ocean. My my answer would be: I would hope that the zombies were superstitious, and I would hide in the pine barrens and assume <laughs> that the Jersey Devil, <laughs> the Jersey Devil, will come and take them out. Because yeah, that that would be the extent of my planning. For I mean, this. if we're living in a world with zombies, then sure, the Jersey Devil exists. Listen, if they know how to like siege a town so that supplies can't come in, <laughs> then they might also be like, oh wow, watch out for the Jersey Devil. Like, yeah. It's possible. I would go to any. Any Target or Walmart and just stake up. Like, oh, you know, yeah. Food, yeah. Walmart's but, probably good because I, I feel like Walmart, you probably get a better chance of getting, like, weaponry or ammunition. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you might be able to, like... probably knives. It's yeah, there's probably knives. something, like, you could fight them off with. Yeah. you got plenty of food that's not going to go bad. Mo- that's a good idea. Most Walmarts have ammunition, but they don't have a gun that will uh, actually fire it. No, yeah, okay. uh, right. Depending on what you're after. So you and might need to just get, like, like a camping knife. So my, or, my yeah, plan yeah. is, like, I'll hit a Dick's or a Bass Pro Shop or something like that, and then I'll just hole up in a Wegmans. Mm. Ooh, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, Cherry Wegmans got the awesome Dick's and Wegmans One, right there. You've so. got a ton of food, and you've got variety of food. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got got your, you've, got, you've got the ready-made food, and then when you eat all that, or if it goes bad, then you've got all the gross, you, like the, you, the, the cereal and, and depending everything. on which one you go to, there's like maybe four total windows and like four doors on the front end and some doors on the back end. So easier to barricade. Yeah. No windows to break through. And and you might be able, you might be close enough to like, because the Wegmans is closest to my house, has a Wegmans liquor store, catty corner so to it. Run yeah. You run over there, get a match, get a Molotov cocktail. Like you. you oh, f- I thought oh. we were talking about getting lit. Well, well I mean. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. You, you yeah. drink. You gotta get through your nights somehow. <laughs> you drink the expensive stuff. Yeah. You yeet the rest of it. <laughs> God damn it. Well God played, so well played. Damn it. He found a way. He got it in there. He always finds a way. Um, any, other, any, any other zombie apocalypse thoughts? We can expand this. Is there anywhere outside of New Jersey that you think would be a, a good place to hole up for Texas. a zombie apocalypse? Texas. I, Texas. The further, I would say the further north, the better, because... Uh, they would more likely to freeze. They don't regulate their body temperature. Winter is mm. coming. Exactly. Yeah. Winter. They're not okay. White Walkers here. We're not talking about uh, what, if they, what if they started to become White Walkers? Then we're all fucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can say, this, sa- I think we can say this safely for any zombie apocalypse. We are fucked. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if they're White Walkers or what. Like, well, just, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm a wuss. I mean, die. honestly, like, you have to find the closest military encampment. 
Because they're yeah. not going down without a fucking fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They're, they're brains. It's just brains, brains, brains. That's all I think about. Yeah. One track mind. Brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, about the military or zombies? <clears throat> uh, next question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great way to go into this, talking about brains. Oh, man. Should vaccines be compulsory? <clears throat> yes. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. No. Okay. Okay. However, in order to benefit from public schooling or any sort of public works, you should have to be vaccinated. So, like, I don't think you should, I don't think, I don't think you need to be vaccinated, because there are religious exemptions if you're, like, a Christian scientist or some dumb shit like that. <laughs> just, just the fact, the <laughs> that fact, was, that was very, an, that was very lost, aggressive. Lost fact, another sponsor. The fact that you had to say that Not it was a dumb, dumb shit. shit. Oh, no, but I'm saying, but I'm, but I am saying that you should be allowed to believe that and, and follow your beliefs by not getting vaccinated, but you shouldn't be allowed to come by my fucking kids. Like, I, sh- okay, yeah. I, yeah. So, so I, I think, I think you should, I think you should be allowed to not get vaccinated, but I'm, but I am saying that your ability to participate in society should be limited because you are making a decision that can put my kids and myself at risk. And like kids who can't get, can't get vaccinated. Yeah. Like if, if it's, cause <clears throat> I think making it compulsory is, is kind of a slippery slope because there are people who physically cannot take getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And that's, and so that's unfair to them. So I don't think it should be compulsory, but I do think if you make a decision not to vaccinate your kids, not because it's like because they can't get vaccinated, because you're you're just you're philosophically deciding for whatever goddamn reason that I don't want to vaccinate my kids. You shouldn't be allowed to have your kids near these other ones. So my first reaction was my knee jerk reaction. And what you just said was what I would have said (laughs) if I actually thought about thought it about for it? more oh, well, than two seconds <laughs> to 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 be to be fair the reason i've thought about this a lot recently because my wife is pregnant and gonna yeah. have a kid so i've been thinking about vaccinating and like i know people who are anti-vaxxers and i'm like listen like that's fine i guess if you believe that but like you can't have your unvaccinated kids near my kid because like you're not i'm not putting my children at risk because you're a goddamn idiot yeah like mm-hmm. like you're the new baby will not be able to be vaccinated for I think it's like six months or it, it, or any, I think it's like three months. It depends on yeah. the vaccine. But. Yeah, like certain vaccines you can't get prior to a certain age, mm-hmm. and so it's like yeah, you're increasing the risk of this yeah. young child not making it into life. Yeah, I'm because, not. I'm not putting my kid at risk yeah. because of your beliefs. Sorry. Okay, yeah, I I agree with Sean. Like, no, but your your stature in society is limited because of it. I would disagree. I mean, agree that agree with the idea of protecting your kids, not being able to take uh, take part of not public service, but like public life. Yeah, yeah using like, public utilities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, public utilities like school, um, like school and stuff like that, because of the risk to others. But because of your example of like, yes, there are those medically, I cannot take this. Mm-hmm. If anything, that's the reason why it should be compulsory to help them. Yeah, but I'm. But, but my point is that if you make it compulsory, like I, you have to. I well, think, there's already I think medical like, exemptions. Like, blank, like blanket compuls- compulsion is bad, but make ha- having being compulsory with medical exemptions is. I guess yeah. I. I don't think. <clears throat> I don't think you should. Yeah, I think we're. Yeah. We, we disagree about how far it should go, and that's yeah. fine. So it's just a matter of like. Should you make everybody do it and then, as Tim was suggesting, and you were alluding to applying for exceptions versus just saying. You know, okay, you can do whatever you want, but if you don't qu- hit this qualification, you're not going to be able to send your kid to public school. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of which way you're going to go. Because there's it. already several states that do have not necessarily compulsory uh, laws or statutes, but more or less, it's like yes, you need to be vaccinated unless medical, religious, or moral. 
And it's like, but there is... N- that's the part that eeks me. Yeah. And also what they consider religious is like, it uh, eeks me too. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, my religion doesn't yeah. believe in this. What's your religion? Pastafinarian. Yeah, the Pastafinarian. <laughs> it's, it's not even... I, t- I tend to lead towards the way Sean did because that's sort of like the way of getting around this without like violating constitutional rights. Like, listen, like, listen, <laughs> if, if you, uh, listen, to me, if, it's child if, abuse. If, well, it, and I don't, I don't disagree with that. You're putting your child at unnecessary risk. And to me, it's no, it's no better than I spank my child or I give, dole out corporal punishment. I don't necessarily disagree. Like, I, I think there's, there's, there's validity to the idea of herd immunity, herd immunity. And it's because, oh, you died? My B. Sorry, man. Like oh, I, your kid died because my kid got sick? My B. My God has meatballs, so I don't know. What <laughs> uh, but that's the argument that comes up. It's like, oh, well, if your kid's immune, it doesn't matter. And it's like, no, that's once it's hosted in somebody, it is now changed and evolved, and their immunization is not necessarily going to protect them anymore. Mm-hmm. This is your fault that these people have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like It's just finding a way around, like... Your, your rights to, to have your own beliefs as a religion or as an individual while still protecting society. I, I tend to believe this way, Sean. There was something that happened in the 80s where um, you weren't allowed to – so based on the idea of, of the separation of, of powers between the states and the federal government, um, states can have all sorts of different legal driving ages or legal drinking ages, I should say. And the federal government technically was not allowed to step in. They wanted to institute a legal – uh, driving age of, of, okay, you're not allowed to drink until you're 21 because we've had too many vehicular deaths. And states would go, well, no, this is our right. You know, we want to do that. And the federal government, okay, well, we technically can't tell you what state and what age it should be. But if your federal drinking age is not 21, we're going to cut off your funding <laughs> for, for, for transportation. And all of a sudden, a lot more states. <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, made 21. So I, I think that that's kind of the effective way around it, which is like, we're not going to take away your right to make a choice. But we will stop funding your schools or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to prevent you from engaging in this part of society. Like, listen, if you find another, uh, another private institution, going back to episode 9.1, <laughs> that will allow you to attend, uh, without vaccinating your children, fine. But, yeah, but right. in terms of the, the publicly available programs, uh, for for most people, I think that's the way to go about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Earlier this week, a Texas judge is not allowing four kids into school because they are unvaccinated. Yeah. Because I mean, of yeah. the measles outbreak. Well, yeah. I think at the end of the day, what we're seeing is that anti-vaxxers are spreading misinformation, which is getting people killed. And so I think it's I don't know. I it's it's a lot more serious than just just. Uh, it's it's more serious than just having a belief in something. It's yeah. like your what you believe is actively killing people. And I you know I think we have to take a little bit more. You have to be a little bit more proactive about the steps you're taking to prevent that. Well, I've, I've obviously this kind of stuff's in the news a lot, and I've kind of read up on it a little bit. And the thing that gets me the most is like these people that are anti-vax normally are unfortunately like our age. They're younger. They're stupid. Hey, they're really. Not- <clears throat> so I, I, I'm genuinely, generally, surprised by that. Generally, from older. what I've read, yeah, maybe like early forties, but not any older than that. The they've never lived in a world where there was a problem with polio, a problem with measles. You know, they've never experienced. They've it. never experienced anything like an outbreak. So all these measles outbreaks in the U.S. or when some schmuck from Washington State, I think he went to like Indonesia or something, and mm-hmm. caused a measles outbreak out there. No. Because he wasn't out vaccinated, you know, it's like it has real world, like actual world consequences to what you're doing. Right. 
And, you know, it's like the it, same thing, exemption to public life, you should also be exempted from flying internationally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not necessarily something that the U.S. could do. You know, I think international law would have more of a say on that. But it that, just... It, um, yeah, it, it would be it, a customs... It decision. irritates me when when people are stupid. It's observation that. bias. Like, I also, I also yeah. read an article recently where this woman, her kid got sick, you know, this and that. They went to the hospital... Kid, I think, ended up having measles or the mumps. It was one of those two. They ended up getting an $800,000 hospital bill because the Ooh. kid was in a hospital and for a month. And like for three weeks of that was in the ICU. After getting out of the hospital, the author interviewed the mom and she said that she would still not vaccinate her child that was in the hospital and then her other child that she also had. Because of her beliefs that, you know, vaccinations cause whatever. Right. <clears throat> Which and just blows my mind. Mm. It's like, how can you not... Like, your child is in the hospital almost dead in the ICU, and you still refuse to give them the vaccines that will save their life from something that can be easily cured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it feeds into a larger... I mean, multiple issues feed into a similar thing. Uh, It's just that the anti-vax is the one that has, like, a direct life or death result. Yeah. Typically. Sure. Um, Is that we're we're giving an equal platform, not we, us, Mm -hmm. but an equal platform is being given to literally just like, hey, I think this thing, so cool. Yeah. But without any actual evidence, and it's being pitted against scientific fact yes. and evidence yeah. and history of research, it's Flat Earth is taking off. Well, that's, that, I think that's Have one of the... Have you watched any of that stuff? <laughs> yeah. Like, you look into it, yeah. and literally, they're like, we did this scientific experiment that it's like, mm. boom, this is going to prove anything. It proved the opposite of what we, uh, what we thought, so obviously the test doesn't work, yeah. but... It's like, no, 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 no. You were the one that this is said that this is going to be the end all be all. It proves you're wrong. And yeah. you're like, fuck this evidence. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the issues that we're dealing with today is that we're, we're posing facts as debates. Like you're posing flat earth as being a debate. You're posing anti-vaxxers as being a debate. Climate change as being a debate. Not that, and it's not like the debatable parts of it. It's, mm-hmm. It is that it, whether or not it exists. And it's like, this is just an objective truth that we're living in. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's, that's one of the big issues. Uh, and there's, you know, I, this anti-vax thing is like, it's so much bigger than, uh, sorry, Sixers just hit a three pointer. Uh, <laughs> uh, this anti-vax thing is so huge. And it's also like, it, it feeds into other things like ableism and like, is, is your child getting autism? They're treating it like a death sentence Yeah. or like, I, I mean, they're not going to, but if your child were to be autistic, they're treating it like it's the end of the world. But anyway. Let's move on because this is a very heavy. Yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. The, the the free speech can can counter like free speech is is important to handle a lot of debates, but we are. It seems to be it seems to be the case that we're bringing up a lot of debates that we are. Right, we've hand we've got the answer to smallpox. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we've got the answer to you know a lot of of the f- like flat Earth kind of stuff. Like we've yeah. got the answer to that already. It's not a debate anymore. It's not a matter of free speech. It's just we've already decided this and you're being a moron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the Pretty next much. question? I, I looked at both of these. They're both amazing questions. We do have time, right? Uh, yeah, we got time. Yeah. Alright. Go for it. Pick one. I this one's I amazing. The last one. Uh, did you? I guess you no, did. No, I did zombies. You did zombies. This one's great, but that one is too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do now. That one's amazing. Tim, read right. the question. No, I want to read the other one since Richie read one. Oh, those. my God. <laughs> yeah, we'll go for this one. Uh, this is from our resident Snakeum. 
All right. Uh, if you could be anyone except yourself in the world, who would you be? If you could be anyone except for yourself. Yeah. So if you could live in the world as someone else, who would you be? Ryan Reynolds. Ooh, that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. That's a really good answer. I'm aware. Because, one, he's he's very upfront, at least now. He didn't used to be, as far as I can tell. He's very upfront with his anxiety and any other issues. And the fact that he'll straight up do interviews in the Deadpool suit because he's just more comfortable doing that. (laughs) I... I love that. That's just like my inner meme lord coming out and living my life to the fullest. Right, yeah. And also just, you know, being a fucking stud. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a fantastic looking man. He, he, oh he's, my on my, he's on my list. Absolute stud. For sure. A million percent I would yeah. be question it in a second. Um, I, so it would probably be better if I picked somebody who had like, oh, I could, you know, somebody in Congress so I could impact the world or something like that. Uh, my answer is Joel Embiid. Uh, so, Joel Embiid. You want to be taller? Is I want to be taller than I am now. That's all it comes down to. Uh, Joel Embiid, uh, it, because he, he is the one athlete in in Philadelphia, and I really I think nationwide at this point who really can do no wrong. Like he trolls the hell out of everybody he plays, and everybody just loves it because he's hilarious. He's phenomenal on Twitter. Like he's probably the best social media athlete I've ever seen. Um, and he, he's an incredible basketball player. He's 25 years old. He just started playing basketball seven years ago and he's one of the five best players in the league now. He's got, and he always, and he knows he's got the crowd on a string at any time. I I went to the game Friday night. Uh, they were playing the Sacramento Kings and Embiid hit like a turnaround jumper and it was sort of like a, a weird, like, there's no reason this should have gone in, but it went in kind of thing. And he did the shrug, like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and then the Kings called timeout to try and, like, rally the troops. And he started, like, waving on the crowd, like, doing this whole thing. He's awesome. <laughs> like, he is the absolute man. And and to have that combination of incredible athletic ability, incredible devo- de- devotion to your craft, but also just the sense of humor. English is, like, his second or third language, and he's... 20 times funnier than I am <laughs> in his third language. Like, he's he's so good. I, I, I would absolutely and, – and he just got paid a, a ton of money uh, two years ago. So, I, I, you know, again, financially sound. I could go live in, like, you know, Fishtown <laughs> or something. Like, a ritzy part of town. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would take Joel Embiid. I, uh, I'm on the edge between one of two people pretty much for the same reasons, pretty much in the same field. It's either Chris Perkins – or Matt Mercer, both mm. Matt Mercer because of his storytelling and voice acting and Dungeons and Dragons. Chris Perkins is a creator of the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons and his storytelling ability. So just mostly for the storytelling ability and Mercer for his voice acting and, and awesomeness. Like I kind of want to, mm-hmm. like I love that stuff and I've been trying to work on writing and storytelling more so. And like, I look up to them. In those uh, in those veins, are these That's people great. from Critical Role? Mercer is Perkins yeah. is the creator of the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Ma- mm. Mercer is also the voice of um, the dude from Overwatch, McCree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> he's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Sean, who would you be if you could be anybody but yourself? For a similar reason to Rich, I'd pick John Mulaney. Okay, Ooh. because yeah. he seems very happy, and he's maybe one of the funniest people. I know, and it's like that's something I I aspire to. It's like that level of comedic sensibility, mm-hmm. and so that would be for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Or I can go with a while ago, a couple, of, maybe last episode, two episodes ago, we talked about what what 
football team we'd be on and i said the baltimore ravens to sabotage them from the inside (laughs) (laughs) i would be donald trump for the same reason to sabotage everything he's trying to do from the inside (laughs) this sounds like me when i initially registered as a democrat not to go (laughs) wow not to go completely completely conspiracy theory on you but when donald trump won the nomination for the republicans i just had this inkling in the back of my head that he was secretly just being so stupid and outrageous because he wanted to just bring the Republican Party down into ashes and just like destroy them and let the Democrats run the country for the next twenty years. I mean, you may, I don't. Think, I mean, he, I don't think he's smart enough. But I think. No, he, I also, it's, 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 yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's like he's not smart enough to do that. But at the same time, he could be. Have you guys ever no. seen the 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 show or the movie The Producers? Yeah. 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 So. Jimmy Kimmel, a couple years ago, before the election was finished, obviously, um, got Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick to come on and do a producers, like, if they were campaign <laughs> managers. And they, they did a similar bit. If you know the, the, the plot of the producers, these two Hollywood jamokes decide, you know, figure out they can make more money. Uh, not Hollywood, Broadway. Uh, jamokes became, uh, they've realized they can raise a ton of money for a shitty Broadway play and make a ton of money even if the move, if the play is terrible. But the problem is that the play turns out to be a big hit. So similarly, they do this thing where they're like, "Wait, we could make more money with a campaign with a guy a campaign who candidate who loses than if they win." And then Lathan Lane goes, "But wait, this candidate." He's got to be the worst candidate in history. <laughs> He's got to be a complete great. Hey, nincompoop. <laughs> and they have Donald Trump. Like, then they, they cut to the TV and Donald Trump's like, a lot of people ask me about my desk. And, <laughs> and, then, and they realize it. So like, it could be like one of those things where like the campaign manager is just like, well, we just make a ton of money off of this complete moron and he'll never win. And then suddenly he wins. Uh, I, th- I think he capitalized on a significant portion of the country that – People are just like, yeah, you don't fucking vote because you're fucking dumb. And he's just like, it's my ticket. You watch TV, though, right? (laughs) Here I am. Exactly. Because so many people are just like, I watch my channel. Is is this you saying that you would also be Donald Trump? I plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, that's right. You already said Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Um, I'm already Ryan Reynolds. If I had had to go political, I, I, I have not. I've been putting some thought into it. And I've gone from celebrities to musicians to various people. I think I've landed on Josh Ernst, who was Obama's last press secretary before okay. he left office. Okay. And the reason for that is... What a pick. <laughs> I know, so the reason for that is... So I was trying to think of people like on the periphery, because I wouldn't want to be like Obama himself, because I would want to be friends with Obama. It's a lot of pressure. I would want to be friends with Biden. Mm-hmm. I like thought of... Like, my favorite band is Foo Fighters, and it's like, I would love to be friends with Dave Grohl. So I was like, oh, I could be Pat Smear, because then I could be an awesome guitarist. <laughs> I just heard Pat Smear, and I'm like, Pat, Pat Smear. I know who you are. Right, I just want to point out that there, there are, uh, in you know, <clears throat> since technology's advanced, there's been about 15 years and probably millions of podcasts. I guarantee you, there's never been a podcast <laughs> who has said, if I could be anyone on the planet, I'm going to be, be a Pat no. fucking smear. And, so, the and then I also thought, you know, like, like Bill Gates Pat or anyone like philanthropic. No. <laughs> I don't even want to be me on So I'd be a CBS man. I was also thinking of like uh, philanthropic people like Bill Gates and so on and so sure. forth. But being Josh Ernst, you would be on the inside in the White House. In the Obama administration, which I think would be awesome, because 
him and Biden together, if those pictures are anything to go off of, were like best buds. Mm-hmm, sure. And I would love to be around Biden just because <laughs> oh, he man. seems like one of the greatest people ever to know. <laughs> bunch of malarkey. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. With all due respect, sir, that's a bunch of malarkey. Plus, just like the intrigue Such and, you know, all of that that goes into like working in the White House staff. So it's a good pick. Yeah, that's that my is pick. A, it's a deep, deep <clears throat> cut. Yeah, deep cut. I, I, I was going with if you're going with that, you might go with like John Favreau, the the speechwriter. Now he's parlayed that into a successful media yeah. career as well. But Ernst, being the press secretary, you've got those press credentials, but you're not on the front lines all the time. Yeah, and you have the security clearances, but you're not like you know the you're person who's the making guy. the decision. No. You know where the nuclear codes are, but you don't know what they are. Uh, we have one more. Let's bang through uh, this one real yeah, quick. Yes, so we have one more. This is the question to end all debates. Oh, man. The greatest question ever. If you could be the governor of Mississippi <laughs> and also have laser vision. Better. I would be would you win a war with Texas? This is uh, from Emily Cooper Tersich. Oh. Uh, right. And I almost lost the question. <laughs> but you said the name it's, right, and that's yeah, all that matters. You nailed it. Is Matilda a superhero? Yes. 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 Hundred percent. That's a duh. Like at the time, she's no, but she definitely could. Well, be. okay. So superhero, it seems like that's something like the powers that are bestowed upon a superhero predominantly seem to be ones that are natural, like not naturally, like you develop them, but like you know, Peter Parker was bitten by a spider and then he had the spider abilities. He had to hone them, but Matilda. She just became so damn smart by reading all the time that she could move things with her brain. I don't know if that's a superhero. Uh, no, no, well, Batman's I, I a superhero who who just got so, so smart by studying and working out. Now he's a superhero. Okay, and okay. also was crazy rich. I'll buy that. <laughs> I, 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 no, I'll buy. I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm the, I'm I'm going to be devil's advocate and I'm going to be correct. I'm going to say no. Ooh. The reason for that is what do superheroes do? They have their abilities, their richness, whatever. They're smart. She's eight. They help people. Who did Matilda help her besides entire her school? Her, her entire, entire school. Uh, well, yeah. no, that doesn't count. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. It's generations wait, wait, wait. of students. Wait, from, from perspective of <clears throat> an eight-whatever-year-old child, that is her world. Mm. So okay, she saved she, her entire world. She's also, it, you could also argue that she's being selfish and saving herself from the mean principle. Well, and the side effect of that well, is that everyone else is saying. Well, Batman wasn't you can say selfish by saving himself hero. from Ra's al Ghul. Like, he's just, he's just, he's, that's what you he could did. Ar- you no, could but, argue but, Batman but, was saving himself from the Joker because he had to stop Joker from destroying Superman the Superman was saving himself from Darkseid. Like, yeah. no, but you they, can literally make that argument about every single superhero. You thought he was fighting a superhero, a supervillain? He was actually just looking out for number one. Like, the, the <laughs> ideals of a superhero is generally... Uh, uh, upsetting backstory. She had terrible, shitty parents. Yep. Um, uses her powers for good, which she does, arguably. Um, yeah, she's a superhero. Because she no, knew no, she no, had no, them at some point. Yeah. But she didn't really start using them until she was trying to help her classmates. That's when she... I mean, yeah, there's the whole scene where she's effing up her... Are they step parents? I don't know. I, mean, I think it's her parents. It's her. Is parent. it her actual parents? It's her actual parents. She starts yeah. doing that before she gets the powers too. I mean, her, her parents no, are just but morons. like the whole like she's literally dancing in the living room. But on that's the coffee table. that's she's that's her uh, that's her learning to use her powers montage. Like yeah. you know, like uh, Pete Parker trying to shoot the web onto the crane. Like they're trying to learn how but much. That's towards powers. the end. My point is, she's already slowly somewhat using them because she wants to help her classmates. Mm-hmm. So. Prior. So to go to the, to the Spider-Man analogy, Peter Parker gets his powers. 
And then what does he do? He's like, oh, I'm going to use these powers to, to make money. Well, to make money, mm-hmm. and then to like make New York City safer. Yeah, but step. But then you have the same argument in that he at first did it for himself. But he's depending on which storyline and which plot Booster line we're going for. Here we go. <laughs> Booster Gold, superhero from in the future, finds out he. What? So Booster Gold's a, a DC superhero. He works. He's, he, he's he, much more literate on yeah. this topic. Than so we are. Booster yeah. Gold used he used to be a uh, he was a like a really good high school athlete and he got hurt and so he had all those accolades and then he didn't do it anymore. He worked as a janitor in a museum for super. I didn't uh, know his name. I know who we're talking for, about. Uh, superhero, like they had like a museum about superhero stuff. He stole a bunch of superhero tech. And then went back in time to be a superhero, like, in our time. And so he okay. initially did it just to be famous. But then he started helping people for real. Because, you know, that's what happens. And I think that's what Matilda did. Yes. Initially started just to get herself out of a bad situation. But it then sees that things are bigger than herself. And then helps everybody. So I think initially you're correct. Not a superhero. A selfish Eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> but, but by the end of the movie... Is, is then helping other people. And I think that's yeah. what makes a superhero, that you're helping other people. It's the Even if it is only whatever her... What is the teacher's name? Miss name Honey. Miss Honey. Yeah. So... But you, it's also, remember, between Booster Gold and Matilda, <laughs> or Matilda and Spider-Man, there's at least eight years between them age-wise. Yeah. Matilda's not going to go out into the city as an eight-year-old, <laughs> like, in the middle of the night. But, I'm but stopping that's also, crime. But that's also... Part of the point, too. It's like, why Why would she go do any of that? But I will say, Sean, you have convinced me slightly. I need, Nailed it. I need a sequel movie where she's actually helping people for you to convince me. Okay. You, okay. Need, a, you need a gritty <laughs> Matilda reboot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, need her, I need her to actually... <laughs> I need her helping people other than the people that are like a side effect of what she wants. Okay. What do you think, listeners? That's a good question for the listeners, because I still strongly disagree because of the perspective of an eight-year-old girl is, mm. to her, she is helping her world. That's a good yes. point. That's a good She's point. helping her and entire And the Trunchbull really is a supervillain. She's a normal human who tosses children over a fence. <laughs> and into an Iron Maiden. Iron Yes! Iron Maiden is a big one. Yeah. I like how they clean it up. It's a choking. It's an Iron Maiden. Yeah. You're going to eat all of the cake. The cake. Um, that was a great scene. So I think we've... we've <laughs> God damn it. Uh, we've, we've banged out through, the, through all the questions. Do we have any more questions? Or we have the one from the first episode. We're, we're going to push that to the next all one. All right, got it. Kick that can right down the road because we have a sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's episode of the Brose Podcast. Um, and I've got the read right here. Board games, movies, activities that promote emotional bonding between your family and friends. Don't let another weekend pass you by with these lame activities. Come down to the Golden Dome in East Jabit, Pennsylvania for this summer's Spring Summer Slam. That's right, the Summer Slam Monster Truck Rally Jam. This year's Summer Slam in March has it all. Trucks, monsters, sensory overload. Go deaf from the sound of our roaring 10-liter 86-cylinder engines. Breathe in the noxious blend of gasoline and candy-filled vape smoke. Go blind from wave upon wave of dirt, sweat, and the sight of a middle-aged man jerking off in the parking lot. Lose your sense of taste after the man in the parking lot cuts your tongue off for watching. I am not middle-aged. <laughs> Give your kids a false perception of what driving is like by letting them watch six-ton machines of destruction soar through the air and not result in any casualties. Usually. Has anyone seen Billy? Billy? Anyway, kid seats are still just five bucks. Beers are still just 45 bucks. 
Blasting anything but Papa Roach in the parking lot is punishable by death. Grave Digger! <laughs> Don't wait. Get tickets now for the biggest monster truck event since our annual Christmas Eve SummerSlam. The March SummerSlam Monster, Ra- Mar- monster Truck Rally Jam. Uninsurable since 1992. 4,000 babies! <laughs> Every time. I only have one impression, and it's the Power Thirst guy. <laughs> New flavors <And>, like gun! <laughs> power Thirst. Uh, anyway, uh, Rich, if people want to see uh, see more of your opinions on Matilda or otherwise, where can they find them? Yeah, I gotta follow that up. It's uh, at B underscore walnuts. Uh, Tim, what about you? At Tim R. Hansen! Uh-huh. Uh, Vince? At the underscore Gaida. Or Twitter. Vince Gaida's head. Which uh, and Sean? Uh, at hey, it's SOB. Uh, my Twitter handle is MKASNEL. That's M K A S Z N E L. The podcast, as we said, is available pretty much everywhere podcasts are available Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, really everything under the sun. Uh, big time special thanks to Shannon Vogel of Shannon Vogel Photography for designing our fantastic logo. Big thanks to Mary O'Brien uh, for compiling our questions. The music is. When by Steven Seibert on Free Music Archive. Uh, Rich, you host the One Quest podcast as well? Yes, it's called PodQuest. It's a, a weekly podcast uh, about okay. nerd stuff. Excellent. Uh, and of course, I, I co-host the Keystone Coast to Coast podcast with my good friend Eddie Provident uh, discussing Pittsburgh and Philadelphia sports. And I produce the uh, Under Pressure uh, podcast on pregnancy and preeclampsia with Christine Weatherston. Uh, new episodes coming very shortly, so stay tuned on that. Mr. Hanson. Thank you, listeners, for submitting questions. We appreciate you busting our balls and making us all political. And send those questions to brosequestions at gmail.com, whether they're a discussion of politics or a discussion of the the finer points of the Matilda controversy. <laughs> uh, so, everybody, say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye to the listeners, everybody. Bye. Huh? Goodbye. For, for Rich Sweet and Sean O'Brien, Tim Hansen, Vince Gata, my name is Matt Kaznelsing. Have a great night, and as always, a very pleasant, pleasant tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh. Ow!